Daniel, great to see you, mate. Likewise. What's, uh, I believe, uh, well, I'm actually tired after a, a day of work here, let's say, but I, I guess you're tired as well because it's 3 a.m. or something? I'm tired because I should be in bed. No, that's all right. Um, you've been working hard. I'm, uh, I'm happy to accommodate whatever time of day it works for you. Listen, I was thinking about it. It must be a year since you were in Australia. Are you getting homesick? Yeah, it's it's starting to creep in actually. Um, well, it's it's creeping in, but I, I'm kind of anticipating it to to hit me at some point this year. Um, I've been pretty good, like the whatever how many years I've been away from home. Like the first year, you get a bit homesick, mm -hmm. but since then, I always had like I don't know. You just got like an objective, and you're kind of busy and occupied. So I've I've always been pretty, um, let's say, strong in that sense. But yeah. I think this one's going to test me. Yeah. Because I feel like McLaren really got you, uh, they got us all with a bit of a tearjerker there at the launch with your, your nephew and stuff. And that was, yeah. like, that was a couple of months ago. So if you're feeling that way a couple of months ago, I guess you've got the races to distract you now. Yeah, it's like the, the off season's tough, like the winter. Because um, I, like if I'm ever not a positive person, it's the winter. Like the winter is the one, the one kind of season which does or has the ability to get me down. So... Yeah. Um, th that then, yeah, compiled on with all the other things. It was, uh, yeah, so, and, and the tr like the truth is, like, realistically, I'm probably not getting home till earliest Melbourne. Otherwise, it's, it's really Christmas till I probably see the family. So still a, still a long road ahead. Um, let's quickly talk about the, the race on the weekend, team orders. I listen to the team radio. Is, is, is understood your way of saying, Okay, mum, I'll clean my room. Like it feels like a very just chilled. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna lose my mind. I'm just gonna just do what I'm told. It's a very relaxed and unassuming response. Yeah, I've. It's something I've always gone with. Like I remember when I first joined Red Bull uh, in 2014 um, in Melbourne when I got the podium and that. And I think through the race, a lot of my responses were just understood. Understood. And I think it was Adrian Newey was like. He just sounded so calm and everything and I don't know so I I felt like understood was just a nice way of just letting the team know that yeah okay like I get it like whether it's I'm in control or it's just a and I don't I don't really talk that much on the radio like I don't really yeah. like to spend too much time on it so it's just quick and it's it lets the team know that I've acknowledged the message really. And in reality, for those of us kind of watching the races at home, I don't think anyone in Australia cheering for you would have gone, ma, no, that's out, right? It was just, that's life. It's a second race. You know, later in the year, I figure if you're in a uh, higher situation fighting there, actually fighting with Lando, that's when it'll be a little bit different response, perhaps. Yeah, it's, it's like, of course, the competitor, like, in me is, like, obviously, I, I want to I stay in front, but I also... Um, maybe it's just like maturity and experience now, but I acknowledge that basically I wasn't quick enough and, and I think I'm my biggest critic. So in my head, I'm like, you know, if, if I was quick enough, I would have pulled away and not been in that position, you know? So it's, it's not like the team was holding me back so that Lando could, you know, have that position, if you know what yeah. I mean. It was, it was all on me and, and obviously I'm not up to speed yet as much as I want. So yeah, just take that one on the chin and, and you know, yeah. figure out a way to be better as opposed to like jump up and down. And I, I certainly don't want to create any friction in the team, you know, on, in race two, that's for sure.
Over three or four years, you and I have caught up in Barcelona at pre-season testing, and I would always do that because I wanted to get in well ahead of the Melbourne fanatic, craziness of Melbourne for you. You start the year at a home Grand Prix, crazy attention for a whole week, really hard to focus on a race. Was it good to start the start the year not in Melbourne, especially with a new team? Uh, <laughs> I mean, like, honestly, from a, from a preparation point of view, yeah, um, because it was much more... It was much more relaxed, you know, in, in Bahrain. And when I say relaxed, like not, not like, a, I don't want to get the word relaxed and lazy um, misinterpreted, but yeah, it was just, you know, I had more time basically to myself and to the team, you know, to, to prepare. And that's where I'm, mm. I'm kind of excited to go to Melbourne in November. I think obviously it's like approaching summer. So it's, it should just be a good time of the year regardless. And, and I think then, you know, a lot of, a lot of the questions are already answered because it's towards the tail end of the season. So yes. Yes. I, I personally feel I might, you know, be able to actually really enjoy a November um, slot more than, than a March one. So, uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll see. But it, Bahrain was pretty, pretty cruisy. I don't want to do the job for the AusGP or preempt what they're going to do, but it feels to me like, and you would know this better than anyone at McLaren, um, you know, in November, there's one thing, the race that stops a nation. So can you ride a winner in November? So, yeah, I, I, think, I think we could have two races that stop a nation. <laughs> um, I, I used to get into the horses, but I, 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 don't, I don't anymore. Uh, I leave all my friends to do the, the betting or the gambling. But, um, but I, I think, like, I'm, obviously I'm hanging out to get home. Um, but I, I truly do think that the November slot will be, will be received very well. Talk about the track changes in Melbourne at Albert Park. I'll be honest, took me by surprise. I wasn't really understanding that was going to happen. Um, radical changes to the track from an idiot's guide. You know, nearly every corner is being shaved off. Uh, you know, we're getting essentially more speed out of it. What do you think of the changes? I'm, let's say, happy that they're making changes, you know, as far as... Like, Melbourne's always been a fun track to drive. Like, the layout is cool. It's, it's very, you know left right right left like a lot of corner combinations and it's, it's pretty busy but um it is pretty kind of flowing and narrow and tricky for overtaking um so and that's like ultimately i think we want just better sundays you know just from a competitor you 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 want you want to be battling you don't want to just be doing a kind of 60 lap time trial and uh so we've we've when i say we've i mean F1 and, and they did ask a bit of our advice as well on, on what we thought we'd like to change. So let's say collectively, we've given feedback to, let's say, make it more of a Sunday racetrack. Um, and hopefully, hopefully it pans out that way and we can see more opportunities to have some battles. Did you give feedback about drain covers or anything on the main straight? I, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Sorry, too soon. That's all right. Still too soon. Well, it's been two years <laughs> actually. It's time's gone quick. We lost a year with COVID, so two years ago. Um, Brazil, the Brazil race is two weeks before Melbourne. Now, I'm not a you know COVID nineteen journalist, but gee whiz, I look at the numbers and Brazil is deep in a pandemic, still struggling with a pandemic. Do, do you think it's right that F1 goes to Brazil in kind of the circumstance where they're still trying to get a hold of things there, and what do you think about then having to potentially do any form of quarantine to get into Australia, given it's so tight after Brazil? Yeah, that's like logistically alone, it is you're kind of swapping one end of the globe to the other. Um, so that's, I think, a call it a challenge in itself. 
Um, yeah, I, I am aware of Brazil currently is not in a good place with COVID. I, I think if we were scheduled to go there this weekend, then yeah, I, I'm pretty convinced it would be up in the air. I don't think we would be, let's say, all in. Um, I think it's for now they're kind of on the hope that by then things settle down. But if it's still as it is, uh, then that, that race could potentially be, be obviously in question. Um, so I know, I know they're obviously keen on 23 this year. Um, a bit like last year, I'm sure there are maybe some uh, circuits, call it, that could fill some gaps if, if some are lost. Um, so we'll see. Maybe a doubleheader in Australia. <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth. I'm thinking, why not? Why can't we take the reins and just go doubleheader? What could, what would you do? Because doubleheader in Bahrain and Sakir, same track, different kind of layout. Could you do anything in Melbourne to make it a bit different week to week? Reverse. Go, go the opposite way. Clockwise and anti-clockwise. <laughs> this is going to make headlines now and everyone's going to be like, oh no, what's going on? Um, do you know what everyone's going to do? They're going to jump on F1 2020 and they're going to drive backwards. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would love, I mean, especially if we have to, if there is any, let's say, form of quarantine when we get there, to do a double header at least would make, you know, make the time worthwhile. Um, hopefully we get, you know, a bit of time in Oz as opposed to quarantine circuit. Any other tracks that you, maybe we could hold that double header at? Have you seen the bend in Adelaide? Uh, I've seen a, a, like a, let's say a track map, but I've never yeah. seen, uh, I've never kind of visually seen it. Is it good? It, it, it's a great track and it, it's purpose built for, you know, all forms of motorsport. So I think there could be something really exciting there. So I think someone needs to pick up the phone and let's, let's work on a, a month, in, month in Australia because I think Australia, well, actually, I think the Formula One drivers, teams, everyone would love the fact that we're living the life down here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know all the drivers like love going to Melbourne for the race. Um, it's definitely one, I mean, Australia's Australia. Everyone knows how beautiful it is. So if, uh, if I called all the drivers right now and said, hey, what do you feel about spending two weeks in Australia? I'm pretty sure none of them are going to whinge and moan. <laughs> now, you've been at McLaren now a couple of months, obviously a few months since the start of the year. You've been in the car for two races and a quick test, I guess you'd call it. Uh, the simple question at this point of time in your career is, can you win a world championship with McLaren with what you know thus far? Yeah. Yeah. The, re the reason why I paused is because, like, I was like, I mean, if it's a yes or no, then it's yes. Um, you know, is it, is it this year? No. But I, I really already seen, like, the first couple races and... and I mean, even, even, like, I look at my life on the weekend and, and you know, I'm still pretty confident I'm not getting everything out of it. And I was four tenths off pole or something. So even with that, like the team's closed the gap a bunch. Um, so, and then, I mean, the rule changes are gonna change everything next year, but yep. I just feel like what the team's done and it looks like this year's another step in that right, you know, in that direction. Um, I don't know, the, the structure, stability, everyone's really, I don't know, like guns are blazing down here and it's like really, it's really cool to see. Um, and that fills me with a lot of confidence to give you a yes yeah. for the question you asked. So how different is it getting from one car to another? For, for an idiot like me who, you know, you drive a different road car, there's differences. What, what is the difference between one car and another that you've got to learn? And how does it feel different? It's, you probably hit it on the headlight. It's, it's all about feel. So, 
you know, there's, there's visually some differences, you know, e even like your seating position, like the, the mirrors might be a bit different. So like maybe when you turn right, uh, like a, a 90 degree right-hander, maybe the mirror blocks a little bit your line of vision where in say the Renault, maybe it was a 45 degree corner and, and things like this. So there's like little things like that, like your vision has to adapt in a way, but the biggest thing is like the seat in your pants, like how the car moves underneath you and your, your like call it feel and perception of, okay, I'm on the limit or, oh no, there's still a bit more. And, um, and that's really it. And I think it's like, um, it's a little bit like, I don't know, just doing, it's like practicing a new sport. It's like in a way, eventually like muscle memory tells you, okay, how to hit the ball correctly. And that's like finding the limit of a new car. I kind of just need to do it a few more times to get that, call it muscle memory, to tell me, all right, I'm comfortable here. I'm comfortable here on the limit. It's not quite like going from a Renault Clio to a McLaren 720. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's different. It is different, but it's, it's these like, it's these little things and that's ultimately like at this level, everyone is finding the limit. But I'm assuming the simulator doesn't really help with that feel because the simulator I'm assuming doesn't give you the feel. It just gives you things like um, wheel movements and stuff that you need to adjust to and, and aero changes they make to, to understand the performance in corners. The simulator doesn't help get comfortable in the car, it just helps you get quicker in the car? Yeah, it's, the sim, I guess, the sim's good for trying like setup changes and then for me feeling, okay, changing the front spring helped in the faster corners, but it didn't help in the slow corners or things like that. So it, it gives me a bit more of a, an understanding of the car, but the real feel is the real thing because it even ultimately like, okay, what's stopping me from going quicker? Well, I think I'm gonna spin and therefore whatever, crash. Where in the sim, you spin, nothing happens. Yeah. So there's, there's also Reset. just that, that realism of consequence in, in the real car. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the interesting thing, when you sat down, you're like, oh, do I need to wear a hat? Do you wear a helmet? In the simulator? Yeah, yeah. Why? Consequence. Well, they, yeah, like, I mean, they, they do move a lot. So the actual, so we're in like a proper cockpit, um, but they slide and, and, you know, jump around a bit. And so even if you, you know, have a crash in the sim, there can still be like a bit of a jolt. Um, and obviously they're very like high tech pieces of equipment. So if they do have a, call it glitch, um, and if it was to react quickly, you, you want to be protected if, if your head obviously hits or something. So, yeah. And actually, another thing, sorry, all the radio and stuff's in, inside, built into the helmet in the sim. So for us to, let's say, have communication during a run. All right, it feels like dinner time for you. Let me give you a couple of quick things before I let you go. Who's a better racer, Lando or Max? I mean, I have to say Max, but it's probably just based off I've had more experience with him. Um, but I mean... Look, judging by like the last weekend, Lando certainly raced, raced really well. Do you look back on decisions you've made like Renault and stuff and do you have any regrets? No regrets, no. <laughs> that's, that's, that's tattooed somewhere, isn't it? Oh yeah, it is, it is. <laughs> but it's, it's, yeah, no, it is true, like no regrets. And I got asked the other day, um, like, oh, you know, looking at say Red Bull this year, it looks like maybe they, they can fight for a championship. Do you, you know, do you, I think it was like, do you wish you were still there or do you think you still would have been there? And 
I said, even if I didn't move that year, like even if I stayed with Red Bull instead of Renault for that, that one or two years, I think even by now this year, I would have, I would have moved. Like I don't, I couldn't have seen myself spending another, what is it? Three years there. So regardless of whether I went to Renault or not, I still don't see myself. I didn't see myself at Red Bull say in 2021. Um, Portuguese Grand Prix, um, hot thoughts, hopes, goals. Um, I mean the, honestly, just, this sounds really conservative. I don't mean it in this way, but progress, progress. Like I, I, I want to leave regardless of, or regardless of my position, I want to leave Portugal with more of a, a little bit more of a, uh, what, what's the, a spring in my step, you know? Yeah. Um, I left Imola like, I would say a bit flat, you know, I still knew there's a lot of work to do. So I want to leave Portugal feeling like I've ticked a few more boxes. There's been talk about supercars and baths and stuff. Um, do you want to keep in Zach's ear about maybe running a, let's do a demo. Let's run an F1 car around Bathurst like Jensen did in 2011. Would that be fun if we, if we come to Australia for a period of time? Yeah, if that's like if we did a double header or something, and we had the luxury of time in Australia, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think I'm seeing Zach. I'll probably see him tomorrow uh, at some point, probably in the factory, or so. I'll, uh, I might have to run it by him, but I, I have already actually, so I'll I'll remind him. <laughs> I have one more thing, but I need you to wait twenty, just twenty seconds, okay? Sure, just give sure. me twenty seconds here. Twenty seconds. Do I need to talk to Zach Brown? about your salary. I mean, are you earning enough? All this merchandise you're selling. Are you earning enough money at McLaren? <laughs> not, a, not really. <laughs> I mean, what's doing? You've got wine. <laughs> Beautiful. Mate, you're, you're, you're the one that's spiking all our sales. <laughs> no, I was, I was quite blown away by the amount of people. Uh, I spoke to a, a cameraman at Channel 9 a mate of mine just, I was at the bus yesterday picking up my daughter and I was, I said, I'm going to, I'm talking to Daniel and I was going, I got the wine, it arrived yesterday. I'm like, oh wow. I just, it's, it's, I mean, I'm assuming you don't do all that stuff for the money. I'm assuming you do it because you're at a peak. You need to capitalize on your brand and your career right now. Yeah. I mean, well, firstly, thanks a lot for showing some love. <laughs> um, so I, I think the, uh, Probably a, like a relatively quick way to put it is th these things are, I think in life, like there'll be, you can have like good distractions and bad distractions. And for me, and I'm not, I'm not alone in this, but these are like good distractions. Um, the truth is I don't breathe Formula One 24 hours a day. Like I've been, I've been here all day, but tonight when I go home, I'll want to just switch off and not think yeah, about F1. So yeah. <laughs> so like, so there is, there is time, there is time. And it's not yeah. like, it's not like, Oh, why are you doing that when you should be focused on the race? Like you can only do so much till you're burnt out from it as well. So these things are like good distractions. I enjoy it. Um, it's also the truth is like, if I wasn't doing what I'm doing, I probably wouldn't have these opportunities. So I'm in a way I'm just, I think appreciative of it and therefore I'm enjoying like making the most of it and I'm learning about whether it's running merchandise or running or trying to run a bit of a wine business or so they're just like I think I'm just let's say running with the opportunities um, and just trying to learn more and be around people in other fields that can kind of teach me about business and 
other, other walks of life. So I just take it also as education and it's fun. Um, yeah. And it's cool. Like it does make me smile like to see other people wear it or, or drink it. And it's like, oh, that's, yeah, I don't know. It makes me makes me happy. <laughs> well, I'm glad it makes you happy. It's good stuff. And uh, man, I'm really excited about the year. I hope you are too. And hopefully we can catch up again during the year when you've got a few uh, race wins under your belt. Yeah, that'll, uh, that'll make me most happy. <laughs> Cheers, Daniel. Thanks, buddy. Awesome. All right. Thank you, Trevor. <laughs>